Hello and welcome back into another edition of the Emerald Sports Podcast. This week opposed to football, which we've been hammering pretty heavy these past few weeks, we're going to talk some basketball, some women's basketball. I'm joined by one of our staff writers, Carly Ebisuya. Carly, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. So like I said, we got a little bit of a late start here. The women's team has already played two games and we'll also have a men's preview coming out sometime this week. We want to kind of talk about the game so far, uh, look into kind of some of the rotations, the lineups we could see this season, some expectations. We'll look around the Pac-12 as well. Um, for starters, Carly, let's go back and look at the two games. The Ducks, they played both Saturday as well as uh, last night, which is Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, in, in the season opener, they blow out Seattle Redhawks uh, 116 to 51. Obviously a huge offensive explosion, probably some things to kind of clean up on defense. Um, what were your takeaways from that game and kind of our first look that we got at this new look women's team? My first impression from that first Seattle U game was that they are fired up. They're hungry. They're ready to get out there. Obviously, they haven't been practicing for that long. They've only been practicing since maybe early October, so not even that long playing together. And having all these new freshmen and new teammates to work with, you know, they really they really just wanted to be hungry and get out there. So that really showed, you know, how much that they want to play and how important the start of the season is. Absolutely. And I think with a team this young and so many, so many players on it, they need these tune-up games, right? Cause they're still playing with the lineup. I mean, we had almost everybody on the roster played that first game, obviously it's a blowout. So you expect that, but Graves has been pretty vocal about saying he wants to really experiment. Um, we've already seen some changes from game one to game two. Uh, they went with Tahina Pow Pow at, at point guard and, and Jazz Shelley at the two opposed to Taylor Chavez in game one. Um, and then Taylor Mikesell, which we're going to talk about in a second. And then Sedona Prince and Aaron Boley, of course. Um, do you think that this team has the potential to be close to as explosive on offense? Obviously, they lose Sabrina. They lose Ruthie. They lose Satu. They lose Minion more. But is the identity of this team still going to be offense? Or what do, you, what do you think this team could look like on both sides of the ball this year? I think it's really hard to say for this team because they are coming off of, you know, losing those big three and all those other players, but it gives them a new sense of identity. You know, they, the start of the season, they want, want to continue what they left off on, what the team last year left off on, and they are ready to just make a new identity for individually for them as themselves and as a team. So they are super, super hungry. One thing I will say on offense though, they, Coach Graves has even said this in his own press conferences that they are an explosive offensive team. He's, he said that it's probably one of the most, if not the best shooting team that he's coached so far. You have almost in the lineup that they have, they have almost four shooters on the court at all times, given the five and whoever the center is playing, but they always mostly have four shooters on, on the court at the same time. And that really is some offensive firepower. If you don't have, you know, some top notch numbers by the end of the season, then, you know, you're not playing those players right. But from what coach Graves has said, they, their offense has been very fluid, but also they can light it up from the outside. Yeah, and I mean, the offense and, and this influx of talent is, is the main reason reasons, I guess, that they're still a top 10 team nationally. Like I said, we'll get to the Pac-12 later and where they kind of slot in, but this is a team that expects to compete, like you said. Um, to dive into those games a little more, I want to talk about a few players, um, a few players that we didn't get to see last year. One is Sedona Prince, um, kind of the 
the the forward center, whatever you want to call her down low, who, you know, Graves compared her to Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. She can pass, she can, you know, use her muscle down low to kind of get in, get in close and get buckets. She can shoot a little bit. I'm curious if, if she's going to be able to extend her range a little bit as the season goes on. You obviously still have Aaron Boley, but the girl I want to talk about first is Taylor Mikesell. Um, the, the Maryland transfer, she comes in and you're talking about shooting. I mean, she is the shooter, right? What, what were your first impressions of her? She put up 28 in the, in the opening game. I mean, in her first game wearing an Oregon uniform, she tied second for the most three pointers in a single game behind Jess Shelley, her teammate. Right. So that already says a ton about her debut as a duck right now. Obviously the freshman of the year for the big 10, her freshman year, and then her sophomore year, she shot 42, almost 43%, which is amazing. So, you know, you surround her with Sedona in the middle and you have Aaron Bowley, who's also a lethal three-point shooter on the outside. Plus Tahina can also shoot it, Jazz, Taylor. So you're surrounding an already good shooter with more shooters, which is amazing. But if teams, you know, they know their talent, they know her talent, they know her impact. If they decide to play tight defense on her, um, they can always just you know, if they're face guarding her and denying her the ball, it can open up the court for other players to attack the rim, get a good look. But if defenders sag off on her, you just set, you know, a screen pick over the top or have her do a quick, a quick catch and shoot from deep um, with those screens, with Sedona setting those screens. So they have a lot of options and she's more than just a straight sharpshooter. She has, you know, um, on the ground dribble, uh, action with her and also you can do some pitch action with her as well coming off yeah. the ball so they have well, a lot well, of options for taylor that, that's what's going to make her so so versatile you know she has 28 comes back only 11 in the second game but that's kind of the that's the shooter stat line right it, it, compared to a guy like anthony mathis for the men's team last year he was their shooter he was one of their only shooters at times except for pritchard and so you had those games where he's got those explosions and then there's the games where they don't score that much I think Mike Sol has got more of an explosive array of, I guess, a more of explosive skill set than a guy like Mathis did. And I'm just comparing it for Ducks fans. But you talked about Sedona working with her there. Who, so, I mean, you run the offense last year through all this ISO with Sabrina, with Satu. You can throw it down low to Ruthie. Um, you know, a girl like Aaron Boley was kind of relegated to kind of like the fourth option but she's super talented and we saw that in the second game with you know 25 and nine she can really shoot the ball um, we haven't seen taylor chavez get going yet and we'll get to her in a second who are they going to run this offense through if you had to guess and from what you've seen so far from what i've seen so far and what coach graves has said i think they're going to stick with sedona in the middle he coach graves has talked very highly about her you know running the offense through her she can do a ton you know as, she, as you mentioned before she has range a little bit she can even step back and hit those threes if they really need her to she can go from the block all the way out to the three point line when you get her at that high post on that elbow you can have a really good pitch action with both Taylor's jazz. Um, so going, running the offense through Sedona will be a really, really key point for the ducks on offense because they have so many options. She can hit that elbow jumper. She can, she can post down low. She can shoot it all the way out to the three. She sets really good screens. So that's one of many options that the ducks have on offense this coming year. A few other, a few other girls I want to talk about. One is was one is Lydia Giomi, um, someone who really hasn't made her mark yet on this program. I believe she's what a fifth year senior now, correct? 
Yes. And she she's not starting, but she had a terrific game in that first, you know, 15 and 13 rebounds, you know, pretty monstrous rebounding numbers. And Graves has talked about her a lot too, and not in the same ways he's talked about Sedona, but talked about her in terms of someone who just does all the little things. And it sounds cliche, but you watch. She works so hard. She sets good screens. She hustles. She makes the right passes. And you need players like that. Um, I'm also curious, you know, we, we finally get to see Nyara, Nyara excuse me, Sabali. Uh, you know, it's, it's tragic. She gets those back-to-back knee injuries, and mm-hmm. she looked like she hadn't, been on the court much in her first few games she had some really nice moments I think we can all, I mean she is a force down low if she wants to be but I'm wondering if she ever gets back to that same level of athleticism what did you see from Nayara and and also Lydia first of all coming off of two ACL injuries I mean that's already that's tough mentally as well right. as physically right you know? and I don't want to discount that because that is extremely yeah. tough to get past Definitely. And obviously they're both her and Sedona both could look a little rusty to be completely honest. They haven't had that many practices. Right. They've only had two games so far for a warm up. So obviously if well, they're not going to mention Sedona, Sedona had a big injury as well. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely they've, they've watched a lot of basketball from the sidelines the past couple of years, especially Niara. And I feel like she's definitely learned from that as well, you know, taking a lot from the game, being on those sidelines. And Sedona even said herself that she learned a lot from Ruthie and Satu taking it to her own game. So with Niara this year, definitely there's going to be some, you know, uphill climb as far as getting back into it and getting well, back into it. Especially when a player like that, they're so reliant or not reliant, but one of their biggest assets is their athleticism and their frame, right? right? It's what she can do physically. So it's not a super skilled base player. She has that skill, but that's, what's hard to get back after those injuries. Yeah. Getting back. What about, about, yeah. What about Lydia? What did you see from Lydia? Lydia fifth year senior coming back. It's her last year. Coach Graves, like you said before, has talked so highly about her. And one of the things that she does really, really well. And one of the things that make her stand out as a veteran on the team is setting those screens. It sounds so small, but those make the, all the difference last year, you know, with Sabrina and Mignon and even Aaron Bully last year, setting those screens opens up. Once you set like a good hard screen, it sets up the whole offense. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that Lydia does really, really well. And she knows she's been a role player for these past four years and that's what she's going to continue to do. And she does it very well. Let's talk a little bit more broadly about the rotation. Obviously, we would have liked to do a, a season uh, preview before they started playing games for a variety of reasons we weren't able to. So we got a preview already of what the lineup could look like. In game one, we see Jazz Shelley start alongside the freshman Tahina Pow Pow. Um, in game two, it's Taylor Chavez. Uh, what, are you, what were your thoughts about that and the kind of weird back and forth? And then do you think Chavez is the right person to be starting there? Because I think so, personally. Um, I think I she deserves the chance. Um, but, you know, like Graves is going to keep kind of going back and forth. Is, is Sedona Prince, Taylor Mikesell, Tahina, Aaron, and then Taylor, is that their best lineup? What do you think? I think from what we saw in that second game against University of Portland is that lineup that we are going to see for most of the season. You have most of your vets on there. Aaron Bowley's already a shoe in. Um, but that two and three spot is going to be a very going to be very fluid spots for Graves to go in and out of. You can even have Maddie share. She's their best defensive on ball player right now. That's what we've you heard, have, 
Yeah. Tahina, I feel like she's going to be a shoe in at the one just because she's a true point guard. Yeah. And she'll, um, it's going to be an adjustment, a freshman yes. starting, starting a point guard for a team this good, but it'll, I think these tune-up games are, are something that especially will benefit her. Definitely. And she has, like Coach Grace has said before, she's had that Sabrina mentality to her. She has some of those, her IQ for the game is just over the top. So having her at the one, I feel like is a very good place for her to start right now. And it challenges her to step up to the plate for this yeah. program. Two more questions for you quickly. I want to talk about the bench as well. And this will lead me into my last question about the lineup, but for the bench, they played so many girls, but what, what do you think the best bench unit? So they're going to have to tighten up eventually. They're going to get into games where they play, you know, maybe seven, eight people seven, eight. up to 10. Mm-hmm. If you had to shrink it down to a 10, a 10, 10 person rotation, we'll say now, which five off the bench do you think deserve? Cause I think it's, it's you got to say Lydia, you got to mm-hmm. say Niara, mm-hmm. you got to say jazz. And then it's probably what two of the freshmen or who do you think? I would say for the freshmen, like if we kept that same starting lineup and then those veteran players, returning players coming off the bench, I would say Maddie Shear, first mm-hmm. of all, out of those freshmen. She, like Coach Graves said, has been the best on-ball defender. And we've seen that a little bit through the past couple of games, but I feel like we've only seen a little glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she can bring so much to the floor as well. And I think it's a toss-up between Angela, Kylie, and Sydney. They're all mm-hmm. very different players. Sydney's different far. skill sets, different body types. Mm-hmm. Their, sure. their skill sets are very different. I think it honestly will depend on you know who they're playing, who their opponent is. But within those three, I feel like it can be interchangeable. And also, like Sydney and Maddie are also interchangeable as well. Maddie's not a definite you know rotation player for sure. Sydney mm-hmm. can shoot the lights out. So it just depends on I feel like their opponent who they're playing and you know coach Graves has said that their their lineup has been fluid so far their rotations have been fluid and he's going to keep experimenting with those as the season goes yeah it'll be interesting to see especially excuse me especially because they're going to pack 12 play soon um what are i mean they're, they're, look this is a top 10 team and they're playing I mean, you know if they're playing in any other conference they're probably the favorite to win their conference they're yeah. playing in the pac 12 though which has yeah. for the last five, 10 years, whatever, been the most dominant conference in women's hoops yeah. from top to bottom, probably. Um, it's similar again this year, and we'll get into some of those teams in a second. You know, I believe they have, what, four teams in the top 10? I think it's four, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Stanford, so, Arizona, Oregon, and UCLA. Yeah, right, right, at number nine. So this team is a team that, expects to make the postseason obviously Um, they expect to be a ranked team but there's so many great teams ahead of them what is the floor for this team and what is the ceiling for this team Carla I'd probably say the floor I mean are you talking about like finishing ranking wise or well, you know both that and then just kind of what type of team they are like how competitive they are like because you can be an unranked team but a really feisty one you know is the floor that they I mean I think their floor they have to be within the top 25 right. that's probably still their floor right? right I'd probably say their ceiling then would be hopefully top 10 maybe even five if they really really do well in the Pac-12 like you said there are so many good teams in the Pac-12 right now with Stanford, UCLA, and Arizona. And it's a it's gonna be a tight race 
-hmm. that's for sure. And, you know, they ranked in at number nine within the top 10 or 10th, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, within the top 10. But this conference is so competitive, especially with women's basketball, and it's just going to get even more so. But I feel like the Ducks have the opportunity to show that they deserve to be in at least top 25, maybe top 10, 15. Even with this new look team, they have a chance to do that, and they just have to prove themselves. Well, and they'll get that chance soon. Um, On Friday, they play Colorado. And then on Sunday, Utah, both of those games will be in Matt Knight. You're probably going to be covering at least one of those, if not both of them. And then the following Sunday, they get a week off before they will play Oregon State, which is ranked 17th. So another Pac-12 team within the top 25. And then they'll have a few games off before it's UCLA, Stanford, and Arizona within a four-game stretch. Mm -hmm. So they have a few games to get ready here. You're going to be covering these games. You've watched the games so far. Do you have any takes on something that might jump out at Ducks fans over these next few games? Something that may be unexpected, a player, um, uh, just maybe a, a pattern we see? Um, any, any takes going into the Pac-12 play that you, you might expect from this team? I don't want to say something and then like have to back it up, so I'm thinking. <laughs> um. Because I'll, I'll, I'll start. I think that Sedona is really going to continue to assert herself. She hasn't had a monster game yet. She's had two really good games. I think she's she's coming. You said she was one of those players that needed some games to get ready. Yep. I think she's going to wreak havoc on a few of these smaller Pac-12 teams. I don't have an exact team I think she's going to go off against, but I think that's yep. coming. And I also think Taylor Chavez is a person or is someone that we've seen do it and then is going to eventually really break out this year do you have any players or just you know are is their defense going to look really good is the offense going to continue to put up these big numbers what do you think is going to happen to start Pac-12 play I personally have very high expectations for their offense as well I mean Mm -hmm. they were ranked first in the NCAA in scoring last year around 80 points I believe and this year with the firepower that they have not only outside they have so many ways they can score on their offense this year I feel like that is a really high expectation for Duck fans as well. Player-wise, I feel like Tahina Powpow is going to step up to the plate. Yeah. Being the first true freshman since Sabrina started her freshman year in 2016, I feel like she's going to step up to the plate. And she was she played on the number one ranked high school team when she was in high school. So she knows the big stage. And obviously this is different because it's college, it's the Pac-12. I feel like Tahina Papao is going to step up to the plate. She's very, she can, her IQ on the court is just right, above yeah, and beyond. Yeah. When you, you wrote about the Fab Five freshmen, um, everyone should go check that piece out. It's up on dailyemerald.com in the sports section. You talked to some sources about all five and told little anecdotes. It was a great piece, well-written. And you talked about, you know, what, what, what these freshmen are going to bring. Cause we haven't even really mentioned, you know, <laughs> Kylie Watson that much or um, uh, some of these other players. And so, I agree with you about the offense, um, but weirdly, and this isn't a cop-out answer, I think it's just a wait and see, right? Yeah. Especially in such a competitive conference. I think it's been a good start. There's some things they can improve on, especially defensively, and that'll come. Uh, they haven't been a great defensive team, even when, you know, Sabrina and them were here. So right. it's going to take some time. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching the next few games, and I think I think that'll about do it for us here at the Emerald Sports Podcast Network. Um 
thanks so much for tuning in and make sure you're checking out all of our written content for both women's basketball, which we'll have kind of flooding in now in men's basketball, as well as other sports. We're still doing football. I know the Ducks lost to Oregon State, but we're still doing football. They've got a few more games left. Um, that can all be checked out in the sports section um, at dailyemerald.com. Uh, thank you. That'll be it from us. Thank you.